They average 32 points a game. I think part of the reason that they are 1-6 without TJ is they have been completely bereft of offense. He's been one of their best point producers in some of those games. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So, like, I, I do think I have to throw that stat out a little just because they have shown us that they can actually score points right now. Not saying I feel good. I'd feel way better if he was in there. But I think they but turn it, I think they turn into a defense that is really just hoping that Josh Allen plays like an idiot. And guess what? And he just might. <laughs> and guess what? Do we have the idiot for he you? Mi- he might oblige. He might do well, that. Well, he might do. The thing that's scary about him is he can do that and still be so good in the right. rest of the time that you still lose the game. Yeah. Miami found that out yesterday. They and they're a better offense than the Steelers. 412-928-9370. How are you feeling going into this playoff game? Let's talk to Don or Dom. We're not sure. Is this Dom in Newcastle? Don, D-O-N. Don. Don. Hi, Don. Thank, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Before the last couple games, Mason, we knew all about Mason. And Kenny, we got to learn all about. Mason started half the games. I don't understand that. And lastly, guys, Wait, I don't, I don't, I'm not even I agree, following. No, he's saying, how are we somehow saying Mason is a known commodity and Kenny, you really need to give him time when Kenny started twice as many games in the pros, which exactly. I, I agree with that completely. Got it now. I agree with that completely. And lastly, fellas, give me your opinion. Don't we have to target George Pickens? I mean, at least a couple times. It's like Ben not targeting Brown. What do you guys think? You don't have a problem with it given the weather there? Saturday in Baltimore? Boy, ah. Uh. They threw to Johnson. I mean, we have to get him but involved. I think Johnson was I mean, getting he acted right. Up. He acted okay, fellas. That's good. Well, he acted really well. He he seemed to be very at peace with the whole thing. I just think that they threw to Johnson because he was getting single coverage, because Pickens wasn't. Yeah, I th- I still they they found one creative way to get Pickens involved on an end around that went for a first down. But the overall point, I agree with. I mean, even in weather like that, there should never be a game where the guy doesn't get targeted at all. Well, I think he's going to get several no matter what the hell's happening in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, well, if it's snowing there, they're still going to try to get the man the ball. They will. Depends how Buffalo plays it, man. They play those safeties deep. They're going to run the ball until the Bills stop it. And they're going to try to make Najee Harris the focal point of the offense. And and they've shown lately that they can win games and score a lot of points doing that. But I think when, when that does happen, the I know that they were talking on the broadcast last night that Buffalo always leaves those safeties back. They just refuse to bring them up to the line. I do think, though, every team, if you get gashed over and over and over again, like Miami runs the ball well, Pony, but the Steelers are really committed to the idea of, the th- of it philosophically more than Miami is. They want to make explosive plays happen. Eventually, you batter a team enough that way and you control the clock and limit their opportunities. They bring a safety up. If George Pickens is on the side with no safety, they're going to throw him the ball. Ed Bouchette's going to join us in 10 minutes. On the 50s, we are brought to you by um, South Hill South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge, no, Route Chrysler, 19. Yeah, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Pony. There was a memo you missed about that one. Oh, there was? Yeah, it's not but on why the Why does it keep getting written down wrong? I'm, we've got to talk to the writer-downer person. Thank you. Celebrating 50 years in... The South Hills. I thought there was a word missing there. Here is Fake John and Robinson. Hello, John. Fake John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, man. Hello, Fake John. So, uh, actually, believe it or not, I'm kind of excited for this game and do think that they have somewhat of a chance, um, you know, definitely hitting that nine and a half. But I'm also extremely frustrated. And, Malsey, I disagree with you that this season is actually a failure if they lose this game because – it's completely the fault of the head coach that they had to back in to the seventh seed. He brought back Canada. 
he screwed up the quarterback position for the past two years. He decided not to not to start the first two rookies, who turned out to be the best players on the team at their respective positions, and he lost to two of the worst teams of the in the NFL at home. If he had his druthers and Pickett did not get hurt, he would have happily kept Canada, kept Pickett in, and ran the season into the ground. I don't disagree with all that, but let's say they have a season where instead of going ten and seven and back during their way in, they're twelve and five going into their first playoff game, right, John? With who a quarterback? Doesn't doesn't matter. I'm saying they're twelve and five. They've had a okay. really good year, but TJ yeah. Watts unavailable for the playoff game. They lose. Yeah, I'm going to crush a guy okay. for it. It's he, it's their best player. No, but actually this year, as opposed to previous years without Watt, I think they have a puncher's chance because Herbig and Golden have looked decent, and I think Highsmith when Watt is out. Well, and because I, I have I, a guy named Magnificent Mason scoring I, thirty I, a game. I, I, I know that, and I like Herbig, and I like Golden a lot too. And thanks, Fake John, but. I, I, I'm going to get beat over the head with that for the next five or six days, and I don't think it's right. Well, I think it's disrespectful to it, what? I'll actually agree with that. I'm still reeling from the fact that we have a that fake John is against me on something for now. So when did that happen? I thought he was your your nemesis. It's tough because I don't think it's a failure if they lose without Watt, but I also don't think that it's a season that it's a, an accomplishment. It's somewhere in the middle, which honestly, there have been a lot of Steelers seasons so like I, that in the last 10 I, years. I actually have to concede the point to The him Mason there. Rudolph Duck Hodges season is one of those. I have to concede. It's just kind of there. It's not a bad season. It's not a really particularly good season either. I have to concede the point that I'm sure internally they would say the way we handled Porter and Jones has allowed them to thrive the way that they have. We didn't toss them in the deep end in either case. I would probably argue that you draft a guy, especially nowadays in the NFL, uh, in the first round or de facto first round, you expect him to contribute immediately. Mike has, I think pretty clearly, though, been incredibly stubborn. What is frustrating to me, I guess, where I would agree with Fake John, is he's been so stubborn about a certain kind of game he wanted to win and a style he wanted to play. And then it was like once his hand was forced and he went to Mason after they decided they had to fire Canada, Art did. He sees Mason put up these points, and it was like a eureka moment for him the same way as it was for us. It's like, dude, you've been coaching football for your whole life. It took this long to realize that when you score or you have a guy who's out allowing you to score 30 points in a game, that that's an easier way to coach football. You know what I mean? Like, it, may, it makes you wonder, why was Mike making it so much harder on himself with the way he seemed to want them to play? When they actually started playing a different way, he was like, yeah, this kind of kicks ass. That's why Mason's going to keep playing as the starter. I don't blame Tomlin for sh- having a lack of faith in Rudolph as much as I blame him for being obstinate for too long with Trubisky because I don't think that Rudolph in regular season games had ever done enough to truly warrant Mike Tomlin having any degree of confidence in him being able to get the job done. No, I don't so- I don't dispute that. I'm saying like the like you could say Mike didn't ever want to try to cut it loose with any of these quarterbacks it seemed like that's debatable, I guess, with Kenny because we don't know how much of it's yeah. Kenny just standing there and doing his job and standing in the pocket and making throws. But it definitely seems like early in the year Chris, there was I a don't, marked effort but to I be don't, conservative. But I don't think that it's – I mean, we'd have to go back and look at games on tape. Is it is it a decision on him to give Mason Rudolph the green light or is it the way that defenses have played against them? Or did defenses play that way against them because Mason Rudolph forced them? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The opposing defenses didn't 
weren't scared by Trubisky okay, or Pickett. Well, well, then, but then, okay, then you have to go back to the original point of did they completely misevaluate the position, and they should have known the players at that position better than anyone. The King has returned. Steelers insider emeritus, the Hall of Famer. The great Ed Bouchette, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years on the Sullivan Super Service hotline. Ed, your reaction to the Steelers making the playoffs? It was nice. Um, I was ha- happy they didn't uh, – two things. I was happy they didn't um, have to wait till Sunday night because I was not going to watch that game. And I was glad Buffalo won because now we can all watch it on CBS instead of uh, – I will be outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, you can still see it on uh, – TV locally, but that Saturday night game in Kansas City, if they had to go there, uh, a lot of people wouldn't have been able to see it unless they got Paramount. Actually, Peacock, Ed. But who's Peacock, keeping track of Paramount. this streaming yeah, services? You're right. I thought you had all the streaming services because you're so into movies and TV shows now that you're retired. I have I have a secret thing that I, uh, I, get, um, I get all kinds of movies on. <laughs> A secret thing. <laughs> is it is yeah. it legal? Yes, very legal. It's it's um somebody's helping me with it. Yep. Somebody has it and they <laughs> I gotta be honest. <laughs> Hold on, Ed, I gotta be sound honest. Legal. You saying yeah, very legal, and then you just go, Somebody's helping me does not actually convince me of the legality of it. <laughs> no, it's record. one of those No, it's one of those things. He's allowed so many people on it, and I'm one of them. Okay. All right. Ed uh Mason Rudolph. Your take on what he's done as Steelers quarterback here? Very good. I mean, what's there not to like? The other day, people are going, well, he fumbled and he almost was intercepted. You're going to add all those up? How many times those other guys almost were intercepted too? I mean, <laughs> let's, let's uh, be fair here. There's some people who just don't want to see Mason succeed, and he is. Um, Why do you think looks, that is? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I think there's a lot of picket fans out there, and I was one of them, and I still think he might be serviceable. But um, right now, Mason's a man, man. That thing, he hit in stride that 71-yard touchdown pass. If that's not in stride, that ain't a 71-yard touchdown pass. It's probably an incompletion because there was a small window there. Well, if that ball's not thrown when it's thrown, how it's thrown, it might be an interception because of that small window, yeah, Ed. right, um, right. Here, here's a question a lot of people have, I think to some degree at least, even if they're not going to like beat down the door with it. The Steelers have had, he's the only team that, or they're the only team Mason's ever known. They're the only team that's ever had him, you know, in camp and everything else. Mm-hmm. And people have said, Ed, he's come on like gangbusters here and played the position so much better than Kenny or Mitch these last two years, really, over two games, the way he did, especially. How did they not know or have a better sense of what they might have had with him, having had him for so long? Ah, uh, look, fellas. I mean, that that just that there's so much that goes into that. You can see a guy in practice all you want, and once he gets into a game, and I'm not saying this is Mitch. This is anybody. Once he game gets into a game, it's one way or the other. I mean, he may, may be great in practice, and all of a sudden the game he can't do anything. It's a whole different ball game. He has you have to see him in action. And the only time they did was, when's the last time? 2021 was the last time. Yeah, the one game, 30 of 50 or whatever against the Lions. So his real, 
the real vision you saw of him was 2020, and I was still covering the team then. And he wasn't bad, but, you know, he was young, and they didn't have great stuff around him and all this and all that. And, you know, Duck was there, and Ben was hurt. It was, you know, it was, it was not a good time. Uh, and then he gets clubbed over the head and all that other good stuff. So uh, now he's been sitting and learning and practicing and getting involved in their meetings more and the off season more. And Hey, this may not continue either. You know, we've seen this um, with other guys. They go for two or three games, but I, I just like how he looks. I was going to say like the, we all know it might, you know, it might curdle here. It has for some of these other backups, like you just said, Ed, but the actual way in which he's gone about it, especially in the two better weather games, just standing in there, doing his reads, doing his thing, does it look sustainable to you? Does it look like he's doing gimmicky stuff in there, or does it look pretty legit? Yeah, I don't think it's gimmicky. I mean, he hangs in the pocket. The other day, there was there was a guy, he was almost crushed, and he got rid of the ball. I forget what the outcome was. I think it was a completion. And, uh, you know, he just hung in the pocket, and... Um, that's that's something you you don't teach. That that you just you can't teach a guy to hang in the pocket like that. And and he did. And uh, I want to see more, and we will. We'll see. You know, this week. Um, but I think they have to re-sign him, um, and have him compete with Pickett next year, next summer, in training camp or starting in the spring. Who do you think will be the Steelers' starting quarterback? Um, I think it'd be one of those two guys. <laughs> How's that for going out on a limb? Should they start um, in that kind of a hypothetical? They do bring Rudolph back, Ed. Should either one of them start with a leg up? Or should it, hey, you're both at the starting line. We're going to blow the whistle at the same time. Here's the Here we go. I'd have them compete. There's nothing wrong with competition. You know, I go way back, as you guys know, but 1974, um, <clears throat> when I made my first trip to a, a Steeler training camp, um, there, there was competition. It, well, Bradshaw wasn't there because there was a strike, but they had uh, three quarterbacks: Gillen, Bradshaw, and Hanratty, who all started that year, all competed. I mean, finally it settled into Bradshaw, as everyone knows. He won the Super Bowl, but um, Gillum started that season out as a starter. Nothing wrong with competition. There's, you know, and I don't want to hear, oh, you know, it's going to hurt him or ego-wise or confidence-wise. Well, then you don't want him. And I, I'm talking about anybody. And I don't want to be entranced by what happens in preseason games anymore, though. No, no. This is – look, you know? they have competition all the time, right? I mean, there was competition, I do believe – well, I know there was competition in um, in 97 for the starting quarterback, and I do believe – or 90, yeah, 97. And I do believe again in 01 because Cordell had lost his job. Um <laughs> and that, by the way, that was Cordell's best season. Yeah, turned out well, he, didn't he get his job back from the very terrible Kent Graham in the latter half of 2000 and then carried it into 01, Ed? You may be right. And Chris, you're remembering more than I did when, and I actually covered that season. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but, but what, what I'm saying is he had to win it back, right? Yeah. And um, uh, there's nothing wrong. There is absolutely nothing wrong with competition. So they have the spring, they have the summer training camp preseason settle on a guy. And Hey, if he's not getting the job done, 
Bring the other one in. Ed, one of the things we've been talking about today is just how we feel about the game on Sunday, and I keep coming back to the fact that they won't have T.J. Watt, which is kind of a down, depressing, pessimistic slant on the game, and I don't want to keep banging on that, but it's hard for me to just ignore the fact that probably the best defensive player in the entire universe isn't going to be on the field with them Sunday. Yeah, you know, my friend Jim Wexel brought this up in a in a, in a tweet or story. I, I can't remember which. You know, you go back to their playoff games. They've had a number of stars out. And, and it's not an excuse, but I think it is a reason why they, you know, lost a lot of those games. Not having A.B., not having Le'Veon Bell, you know, not having this guy, not having that guy, not having Marquise Pouncey, um, which, you know, that, that – Hurt them in the Super Bowl against Green Bay, not having him. Yep. Uh, so it's not good. But on the other hand, there are many other teams, and I believe Buffalo's one of them, who have lost stars, who have lost Matt Milano ingredients. Yeah, but they're not TJ Watt. Well, Milano's an all I, I know, but, you know, hey, you get by without him, you get inspired. The guy back of him, his backup gets inspired. You give him a um, shot at yeah, I do because for this reason, and I I sound foolish here at nine and a half point underdogs, but actually ten now. They keep their games close. I mean, there have been Houston and they're nine the and two this San year. Francisco. Nine Francisco. and two in one score games. That's the best in the league this year, Ed. Yeah, they keep their games close. So, and if you keep a game close, anything can happen. You know, uh, fumble, interception, a dropped punt by the punter you know i mean drop snap by the punter uh which we saw Yesterday. the other day yep. yeah ed can i give you a hypothetical and i i won't be too offended if you don't want to answer it but I, i'm hoping you'll indulge me we know that their situation for this game is they have rudolph but they don't have tj watt i give you that as one scenario or i tell you they have tj watt for this game and kenny pickett the way he's more or less looked all season is their starting quarterback which version of the steelers the actual one or the hypothetical would have a better shot in this game i'd go with the actual right now damn look tj watt is tremendous but he ain't a quarterback the quarterback is number one and i'm sorry i i thought Pickett, I may have said it to you guys. I thought Pickett coming out of preseason after last season was going to be really good and take that next step. He didn't. Uh, I think he went backwards. And here Mason Rudolph's playing like a good quarterback right now. So I'm I'm going to take that one. And what if, if Rudolph falls on his face and you know turns back into a pumpkin Sunday mm-hmm. in Buffalo? What do you think they do at quarterback in the offseason? Um, I think they still would try to re-sign him to be the backup. Uh, or to compete again. I'm not throwing one game out. But you don't uh, think drafting a quarterback high or going after Fields high. or any of these guys is on the no. table? I don't think so. Again, I'm talking to as a retired guy. Yeah. So I don't, I'm don't. i not in there. I don't know. I'm not talking to people. But it would surprise me if they brought a veteran in, another veteran in. I think Trubisky would be gone. I, th- I could see them drafting one, but I don't see them doing it high. All right, last one, Ed. The reports that came out yesterday from Schefter and Glazer about how there's rumblings that Tomlin might take a break after this season and step away from football. What do you make of that? Doesn't surprise me. Um, I've said, I, again, I think I told you guys that 
it might not be just them. It might be him who would like to say, hey, you know what? I do. I need a break. Or I wouldn't mind going to this team and that team if, if they can work out a deal for me and, and tell Art Rooney that. Um, or I could see him staying and, you know, keep going. But he's young enough. What's he, 52, somewhere around yep. there, um, that he can do that. You know, Bill Cower was going to do that. But then Bill couldn't find the right spot um, that he wanted to come back to. He had too many demands, rightfully so. He wanted he didn't want to come back to a place where he had to rebuild or anything. He just never could find that spot. So it kept going one year after another after another. And finally he said, hey, I like the CBS gig. Ed, we like having you on even though you're retired. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do. You don't have to pay me anymore. You get a freebie. <laughs> True. All right, That's Ed. not coming out of you guys, though. No, it's not. Ed, All you're right. the best. Thank you. Thank you, Happy Ed. New Year, fellas. Happy New, New Year. You too. They're not firing Mike Tomlin, but here's the thing that's interesting. He's got a year left on his contract. And there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually to take some time off, like Sean Payton did. Maybe take a year off. We'll see if that's something that's on his mind. We're leaning safe, but Mike Tomlin gets to dictate what happens here, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not firing him. He's staying on. But he's staying on if he wants to. If he decides that he'd like to walk, well, that's a different subject. And maybe there's a team out there. He's from Washington. His wife loves Los Angeles. Maybe one oh. of them wants to lob a call into the Steelers to see if they could wind up doing We've something with him. have got life intel. Adam Schefter, during a game of safe or out before Black Monday in the NFL where we still don't have an answer on Bill Belichick and most of the heavy lifting got done late last night. Arthur Smith fired in Atlanta. Everybody saw that coming. The only... Uh, Axe to fall today is Ron Rivera in D.C. was let go, but that was fait accompli. That team sucked down the stretch, ended up with the number two pick in the entire draft. But this Schefter thing on Tomlin, now it's shifted from, you know, would a team call and try to trade for Tomlin to, hey, maybe he just doesn't want to do it for a little while and take a break. And Bouchette just said to us that that wouldn't surprise him. Mike wanting to cool as jets for a little while, make some TV money, sit on a desk somewhere for a year or two, and then go back into coaching. Would still have to be traded, though, would he not? He's got a year left on his deal. Wouldn't it be the exact same as the Peyton situation? Yeah, if he's going to work out some if he's sort of coach again, agreement. Unless he coaches 2024 with the Steelers and right. then just walks. But if he takes a year off, they would still have to trade him to somebody. Yeah, eventually, if he wants to coach again, correct. And the thing that Schefter just flippantly threw in there and uh, Samantha Ponder picked up on it. The relevancy of his wife liking L.A. Like Randy Newman. <laughs> Just, you know, why would he throw that out there if it's like a I- irrelevant, insignificant part of all this? That He, he must have heard that from someone like, well, hey, keep an eye on the Chargers because there's a family tie-in here. And now his daughter is... Um... 
in college. In college, starting college at what at Georgia as a gymnast. Mm-hmm. So that would also on all her athletics. I don't know if he would. I think people probably actually would love the Falcons roster if they could get the quarterback situation figured out, which is a big if. So it's not totally tailor made. The, the Chargers are the one of those three teams or, or destinations. The ideas of like Atlanta's out there, DC, LA with Herbert, obviously. But like it, it's. It's not completely implausible to me but that after almost two decades here that he would perhaps say, I can go and still have a job I like with a team I can win with and also defer to my wife a little bit. I just The thing about the Schefter reporting on this that doesn't really jive or make a lot of sense to me is he's talking about current openings while at the same time talking about Tomlin stepping away. Washington's going to fill its job. They're not going to keep an interim coach for a year. And then hope that Tomlin, after a well, year off, wants to, to trades. Co- yeah, but that doesn't. If people around the NFL, the people around the NFL are not saying Tomlin's going to get traded, they're saying Tomlin is going to step away right. from football for a year. Yeah, and so no one's getting hired as a one-year lame duck. Right. Bridge. So Washington and L.A. are not going to be available for Mrs. Tomlin, or going back home is not going to be available for Mike if and when he decides to end his break, unless. The coaches that get hired there now fail in the next year or two. You know what I mean? Like, I don't or think. Unless he just doesn't want to take a year off, potentially, wants to be somewhere else. Then is- why would Schefter make it about the break part, the time off part, where he just wants to go Adam just dabbling out TV. the report? Just padding out the report. I mean, right now, well, like, here's the other thing. What openings are coming in the next couple of years beyond these, these three that we're talking about? Is Sean McVay, after next year, going to say, I don't want to be the Rams coach anymore, and then he can stay in L.A. and still coach a different team? Hard to predict. I mean, the Rams Rams have rebounded this year. I know, and and they look like a team nobody actually wants to play in the NFC. McVay's coaching prowess is respected again and not uh, criticized like it was last year when they But did you notice that report that came out a couple days ago that McVay has announced, I will be back next year? Like, it's, it's become a thing with him now where he has to confirm, yeah, I'll coach this team again. That's the only reason I bring it up, because it's an odd thing for a team that actually looks dangerous in the NFC, like more so than the Steelers It's just do. we're talking about two very different things in this Tom in this Schefter story. It's The first one is, is the guy just kind of worn out from everything, and after almost doing it nonstop for 20 years, knows that there's a lot of money waiting in television, even though he won't take like a Tony Romo job. You know, I don't think that that exists for him right now. The workload to payment ratio is way better in TV. Yeah, I don't know what Bill Cowher's making, but make in the neighborhood of what he does to talk once a week about football and spend some time with your family. You've made a ton of money. Make a nice income and do that while you look around like Sean Payton did. Schefter brought that up. That seems to me right now a lot more realistic than Mike is trying in a, not backhanded way, but trying to orchestrate a trade to get him to a new team. I, get, I, I don't. I, I don't think that that's. If I'm going to put a percentage on that happening, it's like close to zero. Well, the risk though in taking a year off and just cooling your heels to see what happens is, if you're ultimately intent, you know, on getting back in coaching, but you're not going to do it. Like Ed just said about Bill Cowher, he wasn't going to go some crap circumstance, right? Mm-hmm there's always a chance that there just aren't any great, attractive openings. The Maybe after one year, you're ready. At, you just did TV. You kept your name, Depends what your definition headlines. of attractive is. Like, was the Broncos an attractive job, or was it the fact that they were owned by the 
Walmart family. Okay, do you think Mike is more Sean... of a legacy or a money guy? They gave Sean Payton a ton of money, yes. But is he a legacy guy or is he a money guy? Because I've always been under the impression the Steelers pay him pretty well, but they just don't pay assistant coaches and don't have a big coaching staff. I mean, I would look at it this way if I'm Tomlin. You're talking about what jobs are going to be available? Yeah. If the Cowboys or Bills don't win a Super Bowl in the next two years and he goes and does TV for a year or whatever, you don't think that they would eventually get a little bit tired of Sean McDermott or Mike McCarthy in Dallas? I think Sean Dallas? McDermott is potentially still going to get fired if they if they blow up and lose to the Steelers here. They might let him go anyway with some of the nonsense that got reported that was true. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't get the what, sense what, that he's what, really on the hot okay, seat but if right Mike's, now, but I get what you're saying. But if Mike's wife is part of the driver of this, according to Schefter... Would she want to go to Buffalo? No offense to Buffalo. I love that city. I'm a Rust Belt guy and a blue collar guy. Maybe Dallas. It's very cosmopolitan, but it ain't L.A. It's not even Atlanta. It would be funny if Schefter did bring up one of the, you know, and Mrs. Tomlin loves Buffalo. She, in fact, says that Buffalo's got a spirit. <laughs> talking proud, talking proud.